What's poppin' everybody, how y'all doing? Welcome back to the Swamp Life. This is the redo of episode 39. Yours truly, the one and only, Big Gator, Gator Love, Gold Chain Gator, Spiffy Gator, Turtleneck Gator, Gator Uchiha, aka Mr. Where's My Lighter. And this is the first episode of the new year, so let's just start it off by saying Happy New Year. Um, apologies on the delay, I'll get to that in a second. Um, hopefully you guys accomplished everything that you wanted to accomplish in 2018. Personally, I didn't accomplish everything I wanted to do. My goals for 2018 somewhat just rolled over into the new year. I don't really have specific goals anymore. For me, it's just more so about executing the things I want to do because there's so many things that I have plans for there's so many things that I want to do or there's so many things that I think would be successful or that I think are needed or that I know are needed you feel me but it's just a matter of actually making the plan and implementing it and executing the plan to make sure it's a successful idea as opposed to just watching life pass me by so that's the goal for 2018 just actually make taking the steps into the ventures as well as just traveling I really want to do some real traveling this year or I said in the last episode before I published that I wanted to go to the Governor's Ball and they did release the lineup so I'll be getting into that in this episode as well um, but I did want to highlight as to why I've been so late on this episode for one it was gonna be a couple days late because of my wisdom teeth if anyone who's had their wisdom teeth grow in you know that hurts more than anything I've had I've broken a bone like I've had stomach spasms I've never really dealt with something that I couldn't get rid of just at any point. I anytime I breathed in, anytime I spoke, anything, I felt an immense amount of pain. It was terrible. And they're going in diagonally, so they a few months ago they already punctured my gums. And now they're just pressing against the bottom of my teeth and they're they're already starting to cause them to move a little bit. It's terrible. If any if you've ever had your wisdom teeth growing, you already know how bad it is. And if anybody has any home remedies that your abuela or your tios or your cuyas have given you, please shoot them my way. I'm here for all of them as long as they're not too weird. I'm here for it still. I may give it a shot. Secondly, after I worked up the strength to finally post an episode a couple days late, it just wouldn't post. And I, have, I still to this day have no idea as to why it wouldn't post. I used the program Audacity to record and edit my audio. Audacity allows me to transform my audio from a regular file to an AIFF file which is compatible with an iPhone and then from there I download it to my phone and then I upload it to Anchor. That's my normal process. I haven't done anything differently in the past I don't know how many months. For some reason this week when I tried it it just wouldn't post. I'm still not sure to this day as to what happened. I googled to see if Audacity was having any trouble with their things or anything. I googled to see if Anchor, if anyone else was having any of these issues, but I didn't hear about anyone else having any of these issues. And I didn't hear of anyone else having these issues, so I was genuinely like livid all of last week because I couldn't post. And I didn't know why. I deleted and tried to retransform the audio into another format to the... Or I tried to transform the audio into another format to try to download that and post it again. That didn't work. I tried a bunch of things, honestly, and it wouldn't work. So I figured I would just give you guys a fresh episode and a new start, and we'll just start the year off the way I'd actually like to start the year off. So before I move on to anything else, let me take a hit out of this real quick. So just so you guys know, this week the strain is going to be some strawberry banana. It's going to be an indica. 
straight indica this time and um, yeah give me one second off right there so this is my first time smoking this strain and I will say the taste of this strain is fucking magnificent but usually that's the case with anything that has a fruity name in the strain I would say most of those strains usually taste good but the downfall of some of those strains I would say is that they're not usually that potent or that strong but this has a nice balance of taste and strength so I'm here for all of it Whew, that definitely just blew my whole face off. And in moving on, like I highlighted earlier, one of the big things that I want to do is traveling. And I talked about how the Governor's Ball lineup was released. And for me, and I'm more so looking forward to Friday and Saturday, which I feel like is somewhat weird for the way they lined up the festival because if Sunday is going to be the closing day I feel like the bigger names should be on Sunday as opposed to the biggest names being on Friday so on Friday we have Tyler the Creator, Lil Wayne, Brock Hampton, Georgia Smith, The Internet, and Cassius Clay there's also a bunch of other people who I've never heard of I'm just not naming them because I've never heard of them on Saturday we have Major Lazer, we have Vince Staples, Ty Dolla Sign, Playboy Cardi, Denzel Curry, as well as a few other people who I've never heard of. And then on Sunday, I feel like they specifically targeted like the New York audience and just the East Coast demographic with Sunday's lineup. Because they have Nas, SZA, doesn't fall into that category at all, she's just one of the headliners. But peep the follow-ups. Joey Badass, Flatbush Zombies, Taylor Bennett, and the underachievers. They also tried to slide SOB in there just to make it not so heavily East Coast on that day. But like I said, I feel like on Sunday, they specifically are targeting the East Coast audience. And that makes me, I'm just not that interested in, I'm just not that interested in going on Sunday, but I don't think you can sell your VIP ticket for one day. Me and the homies talked about it, and I'm personally trying to go VIP to the governor's ball I don't know if anyone's been to an event out of state before, but for me the biggest downfall was waiting in line for the amount of time that we had to wait in line for. And the line was only terrible on the first day, but it was so terrible that I'm never willing to go through that again. We were in line for damn near two hours just to get inside. We missed like four performances. It was horrible. Like waiting in line for two hours and barely moving every couple minutes is my whole high was gone before i was even out of the line i had to roll up another joint smoke my buzz was completely gone so we had to buy more drinks like i am that is literally the biggest reason no doubt that i'm trying to experience vip and any of my friends listening already know that that's my main point like i am super excited to go to new york again 
It's been about three years since we were there last, and honestly, New York is somewhere that I really can envision myself living. I haven't traveled enough of the world to name too many other places that I can really envision myself like thriving and having a good time career-wise, career personally, like emotionally, spiritually, all that good stuff. Like when I was there, it just felt good. The main downfall, I will have to say, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, is the weed in New York is a no-no. I honestly did not realize how spoiled I was marijuana wise until I was out there because I paid $50 for an eighth and that was honestly something I wouldn't even pay $30 for an eighth of out here. That shit was terrible. It was I'm not even all right. I'm, it wasn't terrible. Like I, I don't want to disrespect, disrespect my man who gave me that weed. It wasn't terrible, but I guess, like I said, I'm just so spoiled and so used to smoking like decent quality weed that the shit he gave me was like it had a nice smell to it i was like all right cool we lit and you smoked it and it wasn't it wasn't satisfying like i had to smoke the whole eighth in that sitting so that's one of the so that's the main downfall of new york but but as soon as they allow you to start growing your old weed in new york hey we out of here. If anybody's considering going, nigga, go. I want everybody that I potentially know to go just in case I have to sock somebody in New York. I need all potential acquaintances to be there. Because then, I don't know if people know this, but anytime you see somebody that you know in your city, like out of state or something, like at an event, they're automatically obligated to help you fight. Like off tops. I know how unfair that is, but if I seen a nigga from Seaside getting jumped or beat up, you gotta help. Like, you you can't let that happen. So, like I said, if you're thinking about going, do it, because we're thinking about making that a move, and a big move, like I said. And you know, it's a bit old by now, but I still wanted to talk about it. Because I don't think it's a good move for him. And Travis Scott performing at the Super Bowl. And I think it's a terrible move for a multitude of reasons. For one, the Super Bowl doesn't pay you. Their highlight is them giving you your biggest audience that you'll probably ever get in your career. The reason why I don't see a purpose in that for Travis Scott is because he's already one of the most influential and one of the biggest artists in the whole world right now. So he literally has no reason for doing an unpaid performance with Maroon 5 where he's only going to realistically do two songs and then they're kicking his ass off stage. Why would you lower your dignity level to join this platform for what? Like if they're not paying him any money, I really am, I don't see the purpose. But if they're cutting him some sort of check, then he, I feel like he should be obligated to low-key say that. Because niggas really do have questions as to why he's performing. And if he's not being paid, then there's too many questions arising. And he needs to answer for this. Like I just said about Travis Scott's, if he performed, it would just raise more questions than answers. That's exactly how I feel about Tenshin Nusukawa. I think that's how you say his name. I didn't write it down. I just remember his first name being Tenshin. The Japanese fighter who just fought fought Floyd Mayweather. It made absolutely no sense for him to go out there and be 
I don't even want to call it dominated. I'll just say defeated in the first two minutes and 19 seconds of the first round. This is the big shot he'll ever have at getting his name out into the world for doing something spectacular in a fight. Like, yeah, he's an undefeated kickboxer. His name's on the up and coming. He's doing his thing. It's rare that we hear about one of the Japanese fighters, one of the successful Japanese fighters, unless they're joining one of the already established programs, i.e. Bellator, UFC. There's a bunch more, but I can't think of them. And, you know, it's just rare that we hear of them unless they're joining one of those platforms. So this was his biggest chance at getting his name out there into the real world. And I have no idea why he chose... And yes, it was a complete choice to go out there and be defeated in the first two minutes. And if you haven't seen the fight, I don't advise you watching it. He goes out there. He's an experienced kickboxer. He has to do some training with his hands. He has to know how to throw punches. He threw the weakest combinations, the weakest punches ever. He basically just allowed Floyd Mayweather to throw three punches and drop him three times. I just, I don't understand what the purpose or the objective on their part on their part was his team threw the towel in, in two minutes and 19 seconds or his team threw the towel in, in two minutes and 19 seconds before he was even allowed to regather or reassess the damage that he was taking in the fight one of the times he was knocked down you can tell he just went down as I don't understand they allowed him to just throw a fight and they put this on television and Floyd is bragging about this as if he didn't just win nine million dollars off a thrown fight the fuck <laughs> and another topic that i have to discuss is the r kelly situation and i want to break it down from a multitude of angles but allow me to take a hit give me one second So the first thing that I want to get out the way that I feel like makes this sad and so the first part of it that makes it sad is that so many people that are molested at a young age also end up becoming predators themselves and while I don't feel like that's an excuse it just sucks that this is what usually ends up happening to other people and it sucks that that can be linked back to R. Kelly's past and I will not use that as a disclaimer or as an excuse for the actions that he's caused because like I said that is no reason to do those things you being in that situation knowing what that helplessness feels like I feel like you should you should be an advocate for victims of that as opposed to being a pre or becoming a predator but But that was not the case for R. Kelly. And in watching this documentary, it's so eye-opening that this was going on his whole career. What's more shocking about the whole documentary, just from a completely different angle, is everyone in the whole documentary was complicit in him being a pedophile. And I don't know if there's a statute of limitations or if they signed something with the police to allow them to not be... In incriminated for this but there are men in the documentary 
who said they were around him while he was around these underage women. There's men in the documentary who helped him acquire these underage women. There's men who just stood by as he was picking up these underage women. There are so many questions that I have that I don't understand why they allowed these things to continue. Y'all are going to jail! I understand he was making hits after hits, so I understand why the executives turned a blind eye to this. But how did the black community allow him to become this predator and not not literally kill him, but not, I mean, figuratively get him the fuck out of here? Because in this day and age, if, well, I, I can't even say that. Jeez. I really just almost said in this day and age, if you're a predator, they'll really get you the fuck out of here. But think about the last few artists that have blown up and became very successful artists they all have us not they all but a very good portion of artists who have blown up and become successful over the last couple years have a sexual assault or some sexual harassment or some level of that kind of charge so i i can't even say how did america turn a blind eye to that because if you look at it the same thing is still going on in to this day and R. Kelly wasn't the start of it. They highlight that in the documentary, which is sad in itself. But Elvis had a 14-year-old girlfriend. The Beatles were rapping about 15 and 16-year-old girls. Millie Vanilli had a 16-year-old girlfriend. Like, this is just not to... Like I said, I'm not bailing him out at all. But it makes you question, what the fuck goes on in the music industry? Like, you hear... Everyone's heard about how dark and how it's so bad for women in the music industry like everyone's heard that but in watching this documentary it really just makes you think like what the fuck are they allowed to do to them especially a black woman and i can't i can't believe chance the rapper said what he said (sighs) if you're unfamiliar verbatim out his mouth he said he didn't credit this he didn't value the stories because they came from black women are you dumb and i didn't i don't even know how to i don't have a comment for that honestly i don't know how to assess that i don't have a response the fact that he really publicly stated he didn't value the stories of these victims from r kelly because they were black women is some of the most wild shit I've ever heard in my fucking life. Like, your mother is a black woman. Your grandma's a black woman. Your daughter's going to grow up and be a black woman, bro. How the fuck could you say that? And then have the nerve to say that it was taken out of context. And then say that anyone else who is ignoring the stories is also doing the exact same thing that you were doing. Like... Sir, no. Sir, no. In moving on, just, just off of, off a chance. Like I said, I, I don't even, I don't understand how a person could say that with. But off of, I'm not gonna. I, I am killing him, but off of him just for a second because we have to completely kill R. Kelly first. The fact that he was allowed to 
the fact that it, we allowed him to just grow and become successful after preying on these young girls is is one wild aspect of it the fact that people helped and allowed him to grow and become successful after doing these things to all these young black girls is one crazy feat in itself the fact that people then started to bring them or bring him young girls is something that I will never in the history of my life be able to understand because he had numerous allegations by the time people started to bring him young girls to say they could sing or anything like that he was already tried and he was already acquitted of things by then but the allegations were there I'm not bringing my niece cousins daughter nephew anybody young that I care about around a, a predator what fucking what excuse do these parents have honestly man I'm not even a parent but I I genuinely do not understand what was going through these parents head when they decided to allow their daughter to meet with R. Kelly in a hotel room by herself when they allowed two of their daughters to be in Chicago with R. Kelly by themselves allowing your daughter to meet R. Kelly alone after these numerous allegations after allegations after allegations as a man with nieces and younger sisters I can't imagine willingly Putting them around a person like that and not being there to protect them that is such a wild thought I can't fathom a parent that would do that and I'm not even a parent so that's a whole nother level of love and affection that you grow for a person and you would put them in a situation with a person like that I, I just can't I, I can't even I don't know and if I was ever, and if my child was ever to be in that situation, I completely agree with Master P. In that situation, I am not doing a fucking documentary. All bets are off. He has to, he's getting his head ripped off. I'm snatching his fucking esophagus out. I'm not going to get on a Lifetime documentary and talk about how sad it is that our daughter's not here and go knock on a studio door so my wife could be heartbroken and cry in my arms. And not to disrespect that father, because I already know how he expressed how genuinely heartbroken and how he feels like less of a man for what he did. Because he shouldn't feel like less of a man, but he should accept part of, he should be accepting the, or he should be willing to accept a portion of the blame for this. But there's a lot of other parties that are wrong in here, but the person who is the monster is R. Kelly. And in watching these things, just to take a couple steps back if you realize Aaliyah's music was coming from a 15 year old girl and her whole album was about being with an overaged male and that was all written by R. Kelly to think about how wild that is to think about <laughs> to think about her first single is singing about statutory rape just just like let that sink in for a second and had 
had hella niggas just out here bumping and singing that though. Like AJ ain't nothing but a number. Like what? Excuse me, bitch. Y'all are AJ none y'all are going to jail. Fast forwarding just to some of the things he had to some of the things he was doing with these women is not allowing them to eat or forcing them to call him daddy and fast forwarding to the craziest part of the whole documentary was Sparkle. Now if you haven't watched the documentary, Sparkle tripped me out man and it's something I'll never be able to understand or like I said earlier I wouldn't I could not possibly understand putting my loved ones in a situation like that and not being there to protect them or I can't even imagine willfully introducing them to a person that I know is capable or qualified has that under his belt anything like that I can't imagine introducing them to that kind of person. Period. And yet, Sparkle brought her 14-year-old niece to meet R. Kelly to help her, so he could help with her niece's rap career the same way he was helping with Sparkle's R&B career. Are you dumb? <sighs> Sadly, that same 14-year-old that's that Sparkle introduced him to ended up being the 14-year-old in R. Kelly's underage porno video. Sparkle's 14-year-old niece. The little girl that she introduced him to ended up having threesomes and engaging in all kinds of terrible sex acts all while being incredibly underage. And that young girl is still with R. Kelly to this day. And that is all because of Sparkle. I won't say all because of her, but that is, no. That is all because of Sparkle. And here's why. Sparkle was there from the very beginning of R. Kelly's career. She was one of the background singers from the very beginning of R. Kelly's career. She knew exactly the kind of person R. Kelly was. She was around when R. Kelly used to keep Drea locked up upstairs and had young girls downstairs and Drea used to have to ask if she could come downstairs and eat. She witnessed him treating his wife like this. How? Why would you bring a person? She thought just because she never tried anything or he never tried anything with her sexually that he was going to treat her niece any differently than he would treat any of the any of the other young black girls that have been brought around him his whole career. And like the. And like I said, the craziest, what makes it more crazy is that that girl is still with R. Kelly and that the fact, and her mother and father deny that it's her to this day, yet we have her auntie claiming it's her, there's video of her, uh, her basketball, her old basketball teammate claims it's her, her old basketball coach claims it's her, it's incredibly sad that that's how her life turned up or and and or that's how her life ended up because apparently she was a super bright she was a super bright young girl who's incredibly energetic who brought 
a very lively attitude in any room she went into. So to make you think that, to think that there's a man who ruined her life that way, for the fuck of it, that shit is disgusting. And the fact that there's people who still support him, the to the people who extend no blame to R. Kelly at all, or to say that he's no different from Hugh Hefner or any of these things like that, they have not seen the doc. This nigga's an actual predator and an actual monster. And I don't see how anyone could still real life support him. Like, period. And moving on. Why is it that women always try to tell you down once they see you moving on and you doing your own thing and you looking good and you out here popping? Because Meek Mill ain't said shit about Nicki Minaj whatsoever yet out of nowhere she wanna come out as, she wanna come out and say she gonna spill his secrets for what what do you say what do you play he ain't have shit to do with her she in a whole nother relationship why is she even worried about Meek Mill he ain't do shit to her Women see you move on, they get salty. They want to try to pull you back, make you do some ignorant shit. Women be holding you back from greatness. But I see you, King. Do your thing. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> but um, I'm bullshitting now. But that's really all I got for y'all this week. This episode will post, so we're just going to hold some positivity and say, I'll see you guys next week. Next Wednesday, we'll be back. Um, we're starting the year off proper with the proper... We're going to start the year off with the proper consistency that we've been talking about throughout the whole show. I'm not even going to say it. We're just going to be about it. Y'all have a good night, a good day, or a good whenever you listen to this. Tell your, uh, tell your mom's mom to tell her favorite kids' kids to listen to this. Tell your mom to tell her sister's kids to listen to this. Tell your mama to tell your brother to tell your big brother that we back. Text the family GM. Let them know the Swamp Life is out. See y'all next Wednesday. Peace out.